0: If you have a desire to do some extraordinary things in the kingdom of God, you're going to need the power of the Holy Ghost working in your life and through your life to do that. You can't make that up. You can't just do it on your own strength. You can't do it on your own power. That's why some of us are tired and frustrated. We've been working on our own strength and our own power and our own understanding and our own intelligence. And we just say, this ain't working. Eh? I've been doing all this work and I don't see any results. That's because you don't have the power. It was Jesus who told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and stay there until they receive power from on high. Jesus Christ knew that if we were going to accomplish the things that he wanted us to accomplish as believers, we're going to need the power from on high. This is Jerry G. Martin. Join us as we share these messages on the power of the Holy Ghost. in our state experienced a loss of electrical power and many were without power for days. Most people experienced at least a few hours without power. Didn't you notice how much we depended upon power just to make it day by day? There are many homes that are designed to use only electrical power for all of the functions in the house that require power. So during the freezing temperatures, the power outages rendered everything useless that required electricity. We often take power for granted until we need it and don't have it. See, when the power was off, we didn't have any heat. When the power was off, the lights, the television, the coffee maker, the microwave. They were all off. My garage door wouldn't open and the refrigerator stopped running. If you had an electric stove, you couldn't even cook if you had the food. There are some who died because they did not have enough heat. There were others who were hospitalized when they tried to improvise. Make up for the lack of power. They want to run the generator in the house. The point is that if you're in a house that operates with power, when there is no power, everything is shut down. And it's not much different in the life of a believer. The believer is designed to run on power. Let me say that one more time. The believer is designed to function and to run with power. Yeah. And when there is no power in the life of the believer, you think you're making it, but you have been shut down. Jesus spent three years with his disciples to equip them to operate like him. Here's what was said about Jesus in the book of Acts chapter 10. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Once he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, he went out and around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus went out with power. And did you catch something in that verse? The devil also has power. And if you're trying to engage with the devil with no power you are not going to be victorious. Jesus operated with the power of the Holy Spirit. He had the power within him. The story in the book of Luke chapter 8 verse 42, as Jesus was on his way the crowd almost crushed him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. No one could heal her. She went to all the doctors, spent all of the money she had. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? That's what Jesus said. Wait a minute, somebody touched me. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are pressing in and crowding in against you. But Jesus said, somebody touched me. I know that power has gone out of me. Jesus said, I got power in me. And then when I'm out to minister, that power will go out of me and accomplish whatever need to be accomplished. That woman was healed. All she had to do was just touch him. Why, he had power. Now, Jesus knew that he had power. And the devil knew he had power. See, the devil knows if you have power or if you're just talking. The devil knows if you're a powerful believer or if you're just a Christian going through the Christian motions. See, you can say you're an overcomer all you want, but do you have any power? You can just say, I'm an overcomer. And when it comes time to overcome, you go under. You can declare and decree all you want to, but do you have any power? You can speak in tongues all you want to, but do you have power? You can sing, you can shout, you can roll on the floor, but do you have any power? See, you can talk, but when it comes to uh, uh, dealing with the things of God and getting victory, you're going to need some power. You're going to need power when the devil got his foot on the neck of your child and they're trapped in drugs and, and all kinds of things and criminal activity. You need the power to break that. When the devil is in your house trying to stranglehold your marriage, you need the power of God. When you're sick and can't get well, you need the power to move. When you're walking around oppressed and depressed and you can't seem to get yourself together, you need the power of God to break the spirit of depression and oppression. You need power. It wasn't God's plan for the believers just to come to church and sit down and hear a sermon and go back home. You don't need power to do that. You don't need power to sing in the choir. You just need a good voice. You don't need power to urge you. You just need to show up on time. You don't need power to do that, but you're going to need power to make an inroad in the kingdom of darkness. We're going to need power to turn this generation around of kids who have grown up without direction, without instruction, without any moral compass. We need the power of God to come in to save and to deliver and to set free. What are we doing just coming to church? just to get enough for ourselves. Let me just get some refreshing. Ooh, I just had such a good time at church. Well, I feel so good now. The devil knows who has power. Look in the book of Acts chapter 19. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick, and their illness were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Now, look at this in verse 13 of chapter 19, some Jews, church folks, who went around trying to drive out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They said, we can do that. We got the strength. I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm anointed. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I can do that. That's what they were saying. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out." Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them. You know, they'll talk back to you. You know what the evil spirit said to them? Jesus, I know. I know him. Uh, He done been through here. I got a beat down last time he showed up. You know what else he said? All I know, but who in the <laughs> world are you? I know them, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. See the devil's know who's got power you can't come up in here talking about uh i bind you satan i never look at you like who are you you ain't been to a prayer meeting in months i <coughs> thought i would just throw that in there you ain't got no power we don't come here talking about i bind you satan then you want to go king james i bind thee satan next thing you know you done got beat And you got to come up to Pastor. Will you pray for me? I've been going through. There you're gonna go through, but you need to go through with power. Here's what Paul said: For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. After Jesus rose from the dead, he gave this instructions to his disciples in the book of Acts one eight. But you will receive power. But you will receive power. But you will receive power. You 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 will receive power after the holy ghost comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in judea and in the samaria and even to the end of the world i'm giving you power so you can do some work god's not interested in getting people saved just so they can go to church he's getting us saved so we can be the church so we can be the one that people are looking to. We can lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. We can cast out demonic forces. We can change things. We can bring light to a dark place. That's why he saved us, not just so we can go to church. That power came to accomplish his work in reaching people for the kingdom. And if we get nothing else today, I want you to know that God has power available for you so you can begin to reach somebody for the kingdom of God. He said, you will be my witness. He talked to each of them. Each of you will be my witness. I've got work for you to do. That's why I saved you. Listen, if God just was interested in us going to heaven, he'd have saved us and immediately took our life away so we can make it to heaven. That one can go in. He's got eternal life. Take him out. He ain't going to do nothing else. Why leave him here to mess up? Why leave him here to have to confess again? The power of the church comes from the Holy Ghost. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And if the Lord knows he can work through you, he will get the power to you. Ordinary people were going to do extraordinary things. Ordinary people, guess who's ordinary? I'm ordinary. Ordinary people are going to do some extraordinary things. Stop thinking you got to be the preacher. Stop thinking you got to be the evangelist. Stop thinking you got to be the prophet. Stop thinking you got to be the apostle. Stop thinking you got to be something special and have a title to do something for God. Ordinary people are going to do extraordinary things. He will empower anybody who said, Lord, fill me with your divine spirit. Fill me with your power. I'm available to you. You can work through me. And if you have that desire to do some extraordinary things in the kingdom, you will need the power. When the day of Pentecost came, everybody in the room was filled. Everybody spoke with tongues. Everybody got out and started witnessing. And immediately, the church began to grow. 3,000 people were saved that day. And then Peter got up and said, this is that that the prophet Joel spoke of. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh in the last days on men and women, boys and girls. Everybody gonna get some of this that wants some of this. And he said the promise. And then when, they, when the folks were heard Peter preaching, the same Peter who was afraid just a few weeks earlier, the same one where a little servant girl said, I think you've been with Jesus. Didn't I see you with Jesus? She said, no, I wasn't with Jesus. I wasn't with him. No, not me. Uh-uh, No. Now that he's filled with the Holy Ghost, he's up preaching in public and he's asking and he's telling the folks that they crucified Jesus Christ, but he was raised from the dead and he's alive and he's well and he's sent his power. And what you're looking at is a manifestation of the power of God coming into the people of God. We want some of that. What do we need to do? He said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sin. And you too will receive the Holy Ghost. It's for everybody. It's for you and your children and all of those who are far off. Guess who where we were? We were far off. The promise is for you. The promise is for your children. The promise is for all of us who were far off. And the promise is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. I asked last time, I said, please forgive us pastors and preachers who tried to make this some kind of exclusive club for the supernatural and the double anointed, and only those who are walking like us can have this. No, it's for every person in the pew. It ain't no supernatural anointing on just the preachers and the pastors. It's for every person who will call on the name of the Lord. I, I, I got a, 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 just a sneaky suspicion. When we get to heaven, sitting on the front row, going to be some prayer warriors and some uh, obscure person you never heard of who reached more people for Jesus Christ than you can imagine because they let the power of God work in their life. And most of the pastors and preachers and apostles probably be sitting far in the back. Then the church got started. They started with that power. Those who accepted his message were baptized. About three thousand were added to their number that day. And in verse forty-six of chapter two of uh, Acts, he says, "Every day they continued to meet in the temple court. They broke bread and they were praising God in the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily." That got my attention. He added to their number every day. Why would he add to their number every day? Because Brother Johnson would go out and he tell somebody about the goodness of the. Lord. Sister Williams would go out and she'd tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. Brother Watson would get up and on his job, he'd tell somebody what God has done for him. All of them would just begin to share what God has done in their life and give their testimony. And when people said, what? He said, yeah, and he'll do the same for you. All you need to do is repent. Turn your heart to Jesus Christ. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. He'll do the same for you. And the church grew, how often? Daily. Every day somebody was coming to the Lord. What would it be like today if every person in here would be full of the Holy Ghost and would share their faith on a daily basis with power? You wouldn't be able to get in here in a month. Look at all the people that God wants to use in this place. Look at all the people online that God wants to use. If you will allow God to use you on a daily basis, this place will be packed. People will be out in the parking lot waiting for you to get out of your seat so they can come in and experience the praise and the worship and the power of God in this place. That's what would happen. The devil don't want you to get this power. (laughs) Keep them just like they are. Just, y'all just come to church and y'all just come on in here. Just drag on in. See if you can get a little something for yourself and go on back home. you good. And if he says something you don't like, go somewhere else. Keep on going till you can find a place you like. Some place that'll meet your needs. I'm looking for a church that'll meet my needs. And God is looking for a church that will meet his needs. The power came, the people received, all of them. Peter preached, the people were saved. The people allowed rather the Holy Ghost to work through them on a daily basis. And I want to just share this story with you out of the book of Acts, just as a demonstration of just the ordinary function of the people who had the power. In the book of Acts chapter 3, one day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a cripple, now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. He was put there every day to beg from those going into the temple court. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Now, Peter and John were in the upper room when the Holy Ghost came upon them. And now we see them going to the temple at the time of prayer. And they encountered a cripple who remains nameless. And he was somebody they didn't even know. Now, we are told that this crippled man was carried every day and he was put at the door of the church, or we can say he was put right out there in the parking lot, right before you come in. So he can beg from those who are going to church because church folks supposed to be generous. So I'm going to go right there in front of the church folks. And if they're not generous, at least they can be guilty of not being generous there was church folks now passing by this man every day. Maybe some gave him a little change. Maybe other passed by him as if you weren't there. You know, after a while, you won't even recognize him. But when Peter and John saw him, this man asked them for money. See, there are people sitting in the pathway of church-going people all the time. Let me say that one more time. There are people sitting in the pathway of church-going people all the time, and these people have a need. How many times are we so focused on going to church or doing church that we walk right by people who God is trying to reach? Sometimes their needs are obvious. Sometimes they're not so obvious. This man asked for money that he needed that day and some money that he would need the following day but God wanted to give this man something that would change his life and give him a testimony so here's what Peter and John said the Bible said they look straight at the man they looked at the man now I believe God on this occasion through the Holy Ghost was wanting to do something and he become he became engaged in this opportunity he said let's look at this man. Now I can see this man differently. I believe that's when the Holy Ghost began to speak to Peter about what to do at that moment. And he told the man, look at us. Look at me. I want to, I want your full, I want your undivided attention. Something is about to go down. Look at the reaction. The man gave them his attention and the man was expecting something. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. Peter said, I ain't got no money, but I got something, I'm going to give it to you. I underline that because most of the time when you ask church folks about doing something for God, they'll they'll tell you all of what they don't have. I don't have the time. I don't, have the, uh, I don't have the education. I don't have the experience. I don't have the confidence. Well, give what you got. You got something. Peter said, silver or gold have I none, but such as I have, I'm going to give it to you. Do you have anything? Do you have anything? You might not have a theology degree, but do you have anything? You might not have a supernatural anointing, but do you have any kind of anointing? You might not have a double portion, but do you have a single portion? But such as I have, I'm gonna give it to you. The message of Jesus Christ has never changed. His purpose for those who would believe on him and follow him was for us to be engaged in the ministry of reaching others for the kingdom of God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but shall have everlasting life. He wants to use us through the power of prayer and through the power of the Holy Ghost to be effective witnesses for his kingdom. This is Jerry G. Martin. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can hear it on our podcast on The Light of the World Daily. With Jerry G. Martin, that's The Light of the World daily with Jerry G. Martin. And let me take this opportunity as well to invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday in person at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in North Houston, Itasca Cedar, Fall Creek, Summer Creek, Kingwood, you're in our neighborhood. So come on out and be our guest We trust that God will bless your time with us. I also want to let you know that we do have a bookstore on our campus. At the Beacon Bookstore, you can get Bibles, study materials, church supplies, communion supplies, or whatever you need. If we don't have it, we can order it for you. It's right here on our campus at the Light of the World. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Five. If you heard the word of God and you would desire someone to stand with you in prayer, call us at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.